Welcome, Welcome to, to Power, Power of X-Men, 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 the greatest, the greatest comic book podcast in all of the multiverse. During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are in. Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint. Things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you, know, you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and, and, and very kind. This is the Power of X-Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. It's an interesting time to be an X-Fan. Because if you, like me, my jaw dropped when we saw EW's headline yesterday, The Hickman is out. Now, to be fair, the article didn't say he was walking away from Marvel or the X-Books, just taking a pause for now, two very important words for now, from writing the books monthly. So there is much to discuss and break down, so I figured we would do a mini-sode where we can kind of go through all of it, and I can loop you guys into what I've been hearing. Now, a lot of you have been DMing me asking for my input and my thoughts, and that's just so weird because I'm just a crazy Jean Grey fan who lost so much in my personal life during the pandemic. I never thought I'd be here talking about Hickman, leaving the books, or commenting on any big headlines. But, and this is again the reason why we're doing this episode, I do think I have some insights and I definitely have feelings on the situation. So that's why we're doing this mini-sode so we can help calm everyone's nerves. And again, the operative words here are for now. So yesterday, EW had the exclusive on Hickman leaving the X-Men with no resurrection protocols for his return set. They said Inferno will be the last of his monthly books until further notice. Now, here's the thing. This is an exclusive that was followed by a retrospective on the Hoxpox era. So there's a lot of marketing and publicity that's being done here. Marvel and everyone else knew this article was coming out and that it was going to create quite the stir. And frankly, you can't buy this kind of PR or chatter for that matter. I mean, you can create it, (laughs) but you certainly can't buy it. So naturally, everyone on X Twitter and X Gram started freaking out with some of you leaving comments on posts saying, what the fuck? But there's a lot in the article I think we need to go over in detail. The first, the article mentions fans shouldn't take this as bad news because this means the relaunch has been successful because it was originally supposed to be much shorter. Which is, by the way, true. Here's an interview I had with Jordan D. White a few months ago where he talks about the initial pitch for Hawksbox and how it was supposed to be a mini-event almost. So I'm going to let that play right now. Hickman's era has just been so revolutionary. I'm curious, how how was the pitch for that coming to you? When I came into the X office, um, when, when they brought me in, 
you know, I, and again, I was taking over the, the tail end of, of all the projects Mark was working on. Um, one of the things they said to me that CB said to me was, Jonathan might be coming in to do something. We're, we're, we're working on getting Jonathan to come in and do a next project. But that was it. Like, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what form it would take. I didn't know what it was about. Um, and in fact, I don't remember if this was specifically said to me. I think it was, but I don't know where this, whether this was understood by everyone incorrectly or if it was somebody making a misunderstanding. But like the, the idea was, was, was around that he was just going to come in and do a miniseries and that was it. Yeah. So he, Jonathan's got this idea for an X-Men miniseries and he'll come in and do this miniseries and then we'll be able to just do whatever we're doing. So I was just like, I don't know how I'm supposed to plan for that. I don't know what else, how I'm going to deal with that. Like, what does that even mean? Does that mean like we, we'll just start doing what we're doing and then he'll do his miniseries and we'll go back to what we were doing? Like, what does that mean? None of us knew because nobody really knew what he was going to do. Um, he had pitched a, an X-Men thing a few years earlier, which has connections to what he ended up doing, but in many other ways is very, very different from what okay. he ended up doing. So, so we really had no clue what he was going to do. Um, eventually they worked out all the, you know, business stuff that, that, that would, was lined up to get him in place. And he came to the office and he pitched it to us uh, in person. So it was me, uh, let me see who was there. Me, CB, uh, Dan Buckley, Joe Casada. I think, I think Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe were there, just because again they're like executive editors at Marvel, and maybe maybe Darren Shan, who was who was an editor who was working for me at the time. Okay. I, I think that was the whole crew of people who were there. I, I might be missing one or two people, and I, I apologize if I am. Like I'm, I can't remember if Annalise was in there or not, who, who was my assistant already at that point. Yeah. Um, and he pitched the story, uh, and uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah. no, we can't do that. Like that doesn't work. Like we definitely can't." What, do what, this. what specifically didn't you initially like? Just out of curiosity. Well, the big, the biggest thing that I didn't like it did not happen is, okay. did is the, the biggest thing that changed. Um, I, I don't think I should say what it is yet. Uh, there will be a time when I can say what it is, okay. but mostly because not because it's like, Oh, it gives away this very specific thing. It's more, it's more just because to talk about it in depth, I would have to talk about our thinking on the whole thing and, and wh where we're coming from on things that are not Absolutely. done yet. So like it, it itself doesn't necessarily spoil anything, but I just, I, I'm just not there yet. Unfortunately. It's okay. We'll do a round two. Once, sure, once the story someday. is told someday, someday. we'll do a round two. It's um, but here's the thing. I wasn't the only person who had a problem with that thing. And mm -hmm. one of the other people who did was Joe Casada, and he had a suggestion, which is what Jonathan ended up adapting. Okay. Uh, adopting i should say uh, and that piece of it was a big change now the other reason there the, there were two reasons i didn't like it one was that and that it had a very it gave a, it gave a very specific meaning to the story that i didn't think was a good idea yeah and i was like that we can't do that and here's why the other reason though was just that it was so different from what i was thinking 
we were going to be doing. Because like I said, I had no idea what he was going to come in here and pitch. You and really I had, had no zero. idea. None. And I had no idea that he was coming to pitch. I'm going to come in and do a thing after which everything will be different forever. Um, I didn't know that was the scope he was talking about. So when we were planning, going like, what are we going to do? Well, he'll probably, it was kind of like, Jonathan's going to come and pitch a story. He'll probably do his story around here on the calendar. Um, we need to figure out what we're going to do before it and after it and et cetera, et cetera. And we were like, okay, sure. And we were throwing around ideas and all the ideas we were throwing around were like blown to smithereens by it because it was like i mean obviously it's not something you could have anticipated it's not something no. that anyone anticipated um so it upset the apple cart so much that i was just like what no <laughs> um that side of me was the one that went away quickest like it was like okay but like wait yes this wasn't what you were going to be doing this wasn't what you thought you were going to be doing but like, look at what it actually is and look at what it actually does. And it was like, oh, actually, there's some amazing stuff in here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and the more I would think about it, the more super into it I became. So that like pretty quickly, I was not only on board, but like incredibly on board. And especially, like I said, when, when that one big element was like, switch that around, it became like, great. Now I can be unapologetically on board <laughs> and I just love it. So right out of the gate, that's true. Hoxpox wasn't supposed to be what it is today, and I think all of us know that. So yes, this new relaunch of the X-Men and Krakoa has been insanely successful and has been compared to previous fresh starts like Jim Lee's X-Men, Grant Morrison and their X-Men, So I think, and of course, Giant Size. X-Men. So I think we should all celebrate that this relaunch has gone on very, very long and continues to go on and is so full of so much meat and stories. Hickman goes on to say in the article, when I pitched the X-Men story I wanted to do, I pitched a very big, very broad three-act, three-event narrative, and the first of which was House Vex. And while this loosely worked as a three-year plan, I told Marvel upfront that I honestly had no idea how long the first part would last because there were a lot of interesting ideas that I had seeded that other creators would want to play with. And so we left this rather open-ended. I was also pretty clear with all the writers that came into the office what the initial three-act plan was so no one would be surprised when it was time for the line to pivot. All right, so dissecting his words here, the, the two things I want to bring up is we knew that the pandemic shifted everyone's schedule, right? Like the books back in March 2020 took a pause until I believe September. And that's when we started getting Ten of Swords and that entire rollout. So right there, we know straight up that the books had to be delayed. Uh, the other thing I, I, I don't see clarification here for is Hoxpox then chapter one, Ten of Swords chapter two, and Inferno supposed to be the final third act? I assume that's what he means, but it's not clearly stated that Inferno is act three, because why wouldn't it be called like something 
like X of Inferno or, or what Inferno X, you know what I mean? Like to go along with everything else. They do have the Mark Brooks covers or the Mark Brooks promo images in common. So does this make it Act 3? I don't know. That's just something we need to have some clarification for. Hickman goes on in the article to say, however, I also knew that I was cooking with dynamite and it was very possible that what I had written in House of X and the ideas contained within was not actually the first act of a three-act story, but something that resonated more deeply and worked more like Giant Size X-Men, where it would represent a paradigm shift in the entire X-Men line for a prolonged period of time. So, during the pandemic, when the time came for me to start pointing towards writing the second act event, I asked everyone if they were ready for me to do that. Everyone wanted to stay in the first act. It was really interesting because I appreciated the House of X resonated with them to the extent that they didn't want it to end. But the reality was that I knew I would be leaving the line early. Okay, so if during the pandemic, which let's assume he's more referring to lockdown when everything was on pause, that he started writing the second act, Ten of Swords would have been done ahead of that because it was supposed to come out much earlier. So is Ten of Swords part of the first act or is the second act Inferno? Yeah, that, that's the stuff here that I really need some clarification for. He knew he would be leaving the line early. I don't know what that means. I guess is that just because of the pandemic, you know, scheduling and all of that, that he just had more different plans. And now because he didn't get a chance to tell the story because of the pandemic that now he's finally come out. I don't know. For me, that's a little vague, but let's continue. The article talks about how him and some other high profile comic creators are going to Substack. But even though the timing matches up, these things aren't closely related because he will still be at Marvel as he launches Three Moons and Three Worlds. So I don't think Substack has anything to do with it. I know Teeny Howard is also going to Substack. So, you know, I think it's just unfortunate timing, really, because these are, at the end of the day, writers. They are freelancers are taking on gigs so they have multiple projects always in the works and I think just because of this headline this is kind of being brought to everyone's attention so the next part is Marvel doesn't really pay me to just write ongoing monthly books there's an expectation for me to write bigger books that have a wider reach than that Hickman tells EW in an effort to facilitate both things, we've all spent the last six months or so reorienting the line, me creating Inferno to assist with that, then bring in some new writers to add to the existing team, and then plan for the next several years of Xbooks. So after Inferno, I'll be leaving to go work on my next big Marvel thing, and starting in January, the X-Line will rocket forward, starting with a weekly series that leads into the very cool Refocus line of books. Yes, it's taken us a little while to get everything assembled correctly, but the end result, everything that's coming after Inferno, is going to be pretty great. Now, we interviewed Steve Orlando over at Masters of Comic Books, me and my co-host Colal, and Steve did tell us he has a really big project coming in January that he couldn't say anything about. Here's that interview right now. Then I got uh, something out in January that hasn't been announced yet, but is the biggest thing I've ever done. So we're staying, oh. we're staying real busy. <laughs> 
So my guess is Steve Orlando is going to be playing a role in the X-Books. He was already there for the Marvel Pride issue. He's writing the Wanda issue for Darkhold. So Steve Orlando is coming to the X office and he has something big. So here's the thing. Hickman is still head of X. No one seems to be jumping ship right now. And we know from past interviews we've done with Zeb Wells and Cy Spurrier that the X office right now is focused on doing something that's called Claremonting, which is they're throwing a billion plot seeds out there and letting other writers come in and source that and let those stories sort of take on a life of their own. So Hickman leaving the X-Books right now does not impact a larger story because of all this Claremonting. They've created room for other writers to come in and tell bigger stories. It makes sense that Hickman comes in to tell those larger story points, like he mentions in this article, and then lets the other writers do what they have to do. Because everyone we have spoken with about Hickman has said the same exact thing. He's an awesome mentor. He's an awesome writer. He's an awesome comic book industry professional. So for me, it makes sense that Hickman would create this apparatus, this huge relaunch, let as many writers come in, tell the stories, and he would come in in various points. Now, listen, the marketing copy for Inferno doesn't have something like what began in House of X now ends in Inferno. I really do think Inferno is just a middle-of-the-road story, and we're going to get something much bigger with Hickman on the horizon to officially wrap his story. So the only takeaway I think we should all have is that all eyes are now on Inferno, and that Inferno is probably going to deliver on its hype and propel the story to the next chapter. But I'm going to leave it to you guys. What do you guys think? Feel free to DM us on Instagram at Power of X-Men or email us at powerofxmen at gmail.com and give us your thoughts. Also, rate and review this podcast. I have to get better at saying that. Rate and review this podcast, and please always feel free to give us a shout.